guys. Welcome to Dad's Dealing With. This is Daniel. And this is Ricardo. So welcome back to our little podcast that we've got going here. Uh, so we're up to our second episode, isn't that right, Ricardo? Oh, it is. And it's going to be a, an interesting episode of that. Yeah, look, it, it's certainly going to be an interesting one. Um, so today's topic, we are talking about substance abuse. Yes. And substance abuse across the broad general sense, not so much just one particular item, but we're talking illicit drugs, alcohol, tobacco use. Yes, you know, that's it. And look, you know, certainly when it comes down to substance abuse, I'm sure we've all had an instance in our life or where we've partaken of a little bit too much stuff or at least had family members going through something similar too. Um, So I guess our goal here today is just to sort of discuss, you know, sort of what it is. Um, you know, what, what what the signs of substance abuse are and, you know, some of the stats relating to stuff here in Australia and certainly over there in the US at the same time too. Yeah, just trying to get you guys a better broad spectrum as to what we go through, especially as men, what we have to go through or what we are essentially not even have to, but are choosing to go through uh, with our bodies and our minds and, and the direction we end up in. Yeah, that's that's absolutely true, mate. Um, so look, I know you know we've spoken off air in regards to everything. Um, you know, obviously, we do have our own experiences in this. Um, so there's probably a couple of times where I know certainly with myself, I might just sort of go quiet for a little bit, just because I'm just trying to think of the best way to sort of put it forward, so people might get a better understanding of sort of the the mindset that some people might have um, when they're using something to yeah to just to deal with life at that point in time. Um, so look, I, I guess sort of what is substance abuse? You know, so substance abuse is just involves using too much, essentially. And so with that, again, can be anything from alcohol, tobacco, uh, prescription drugs, and certainly illicit drugs at the same time too. When it's really starting to impact on your everyday life, so whether you're having to use it, you know, just to function or just to cope with life, you know, that's that's really when it comes it becomes a problem at that point isn't that right oh very much so very much so and and one of the other terms that you may hear and then we'll just abbreviate it as sud which is substance use disorders and this is something that everybody faces both men and women alike of all ages but uh, obviously we'll still be focusing more so on just the men aspect of it for the time being we'll still provide certain comparison back towards how women are affected as it compared to men but it just what the substance abuse essentially how it controls us and and how it affects us going forward yeah absolutely and look you know certainly when it comes down to men it's you know we're not very good at opening up in regards to stuff but that's certainly why we're putting this podcast together you know it's certainly something we've both experienced in our lives personally and through family and friends and stuff like that so just hopefully we're able to shine some light in regards to it, just to essentially help somebody, maybe just open up a dialogue with somebody into perhaps getting some help or, or something like that. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it does show, and this is essentially just research, if you will, but it says men are reluctant to reach out for help. We're held back by essentially cultural experience, experiences and expectations of manhood and myths themselves about therapy and treatment as to how we can go about getting it. We do ignore the issues, and ignoring them essentially won't make them go away. So we we have difficulty to admitting to struggles between substance abuse or anxiety, depression, and everything else. And essentially, admission is the hardest first step. But please, guys, please understand, you aren't alone. Your feelings do matter behind all of it. And you can take the next step towards getting clean, getting healthy, and getting right in your life. Absolutely, man. That's that's absolutely true. Uh, and certainly with that, you know, uh, we will also be providing some numbers at the end of this. So if you need to contact any local services just to help out at the same time, we'll, we'll be providing that information for you too. Yeah. And please understand that masculinity, it's not just so much strength and power, but it's its admitting, you know, if, if you do have an issue. Because unfortunately with the whole masculinity behind everything, what they've conditioned men from such a young age is that they're saying it's basically a sign of weakness if you're admitting that you have an issue, admitting that you have a problem. So let's get it cleaned up, guys. That's exactly it. Look, again, this is what this podcast is about. You know, it's 
having a weakness, but being able to define what that weakness is and being able to turn that into a strength is certainly what we're going to be about. You know, it's no, nothing in life is perfect. You know, we, we certainly understand that. Um, and that's, again, this is why we're having this o- very open and honest discussion in regards to everything, just to try and help some guys get a better understanding of themselves and certainly be able to seek some help if they are certainly needing it too in life. 100%. 100% agree. Couldn't have said it better. So what are the signs of substance abuse? Uh, so look, certainly we'll just quickly reiterate. So substance abuse is when you're using a substance a lot more frequently or using it certainly to get through life. So that can certainly be, you know, work issues, you know, you're having issues with your relationship. Um, but certainly even if you're in pain and stuff like that, you know, sometimes it can link off off the back of that too um so look i guess what we're going to quickly sort of discuss is some of the signs that you can keep an eye out for yourself um but i guess the other thing we need to point out is that you need to keep an eye out for your mates too like you know that's certainly going to be a big part of this open and honest conversation is just having mates having that support network there just to be able to help yourself um but certainly even helping your best mates out too so yeah because definitely if if you consider that person a friend, especially a best friend or a very close friend, and you're not trying to go ahead and aid him or her essentially in resolution behind it and trying to go ahead and get themselves fixed. You're just enabling them and you're just part of the problem and you're not part of a better solution for them. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, you know, certainly here in Australia, you know, you you don't let your mates do stuff like that, you know. So for all the uh, US listeners, mates is usually like best friend and stuff like that, you know, or that guy that you grew up with all that time, you know, that he's extremely close and stuff like that. But again, you know, you don't let your mates do that stuff because it's only going to end badly for them um, and potentially any family or friends that they do have around them at that point in time too. It's true. And, and it's, it's when it things, when the abuse itself becomes a problem is more so that's when it, it's, it's a sign for you or it should be a sign or it should be a sign for your, your friend that when it becomes more of a habit and it becomes a problematic habit, then at that yeah. point, that's, it's, it's no longer just social drinking or social tobacco use. You know, now you have become dependent on it essentially and it becomes a part of your life and and it's it takes a hold of you more so than you taking a hold of it yeah that's it and i guess we probably need to make a quick distinction here that you know certainly substance abuse and substance dependence they are certainly very closely linked um but you know dependency i guess is something that where it's impacting your, your everyday life whereas substance abuse it probably will still be quite a frequent thing um but yeah so again just a quick distinction that dependency is sort of that step after you know abusing something long term so yeah so as much as they are linked they are still essentially two vastly different topics but they are very closely linked and one is as you said a very large stepping stone towards the next one yeah, so again, yeah, we, we just wanted to make this nice and clear to everybody. Um, you know, that substance dependency is probably just a whole other couple of podcasts, realistically, um, that we may end up getting to in, in the near future and stuff like that. Um, but right now, we're certainly talking about substance abuse uh, and certainly some of the signs that for yourself or somebody that you do know. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, the big thing is is if you start using a lot more regularly, that's going to be a big sign. Um, even, you know, going around to your, your friend's place, your mate's place, seeing them, you know, having a few more beers than what they normally would, um, you know, that's it can certainly be cause f- for concern over them too. Yeah. If they always need essentially to have a drink when they're amongst mixed company, when they're by themselves, when they're in or at work, it, it, if it if it becomes where you see that they cannot go ahead and essentially function without some form of intoxication, whether it be from alcohol or some kind of drug use, then that becomes a serious problem. And that's affecting their life. 
and I mean, yeah, and ultimately, I guess that probably just for, you know ties in with you know they're not gonna you know if they're not meeting responsibilities, whether it's at home, it's at work, you know, you're gonna notice when they're off, you know, and that's again something that I think we all need to keep an eye out for each other at the same time too. Um, you know, we're responsible for our friends at the same times as as ourselves too. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So essentially, guys, it, it's using substances again and again. And even when you're aware of these potential dangers or damages that it can cause to you, it's that does lead to obviously some kind of mental health issue or a psychological problem It's in and itself. And this is something that if if you can realize essentially without having somebody to point it out to you, then you're already on a great step forward to recovery. Because then this way, at least you know what the problem is and you're recognizing that you have a problem. And that's always probably one of the hardest things to even do, just without somebody having to point out to you. Yeah, absolutely. As you were saying earlier, mate, is, um, yeah, certainly taking that very first step, recognizing something within yourself is always going to be that hardest part. Um, But at the same time, uh, once you have made that call, um, you are definitely on the right path to, to helping yourself um, get sorted out too. So, yeah. And if you find um, yeah, yourself so, that, uh, oh, <laughs> no, that's all good, man. Uh, I was just going to sort of bring up, you know, even when it comes down to, to usage and stuff like that, you know, um, certainly I guess the big thing is, is somebody building up a tolerance, you know, the longer you do something, the more you're going to need of it. Um, and that's always going to lead down a rabbit hole of issues. Um, just chasing that, you know, whether it's going to take a lot longer for you to, you know, you're going to spend a lot more time trying to find it. You're going to find, you know, using or drinking a lot more and then certainly recovering or the after effects of taking more and more and more just to try and get through. Like, again, it's it's a big red flag, I guess, for for yourself um, or certainly a friend that you're talking to um, at, at the same time. And, you know, I know certainly in my own life that has been something that I've personally experienced as well as certainly seeing family and friends deal with too. So, again, it's always going to draw back to keep an eye on yourself, you know. You, you need to self-recognise when there is an issue. Certainly, you know, as us as dads, you know, we have a lot of responsibility, not just for ourselves, but, you know, the little ones that we do have in our lives too. This is actually very true. You can't go ahead and lose yourself into some kind of otherworldly problem that you're willingly and purposefully ingesting into yourself, especially when you have people to take care of, people that are relying and depending on you you can no longer be dependent on some kind of substance. You can't go ahead and allow yourself to get lost in the drink, in the drugs, just because they need you there. And you cannot be present. You cannot be 100% who you are and need to be if something else is taking a hold of your body. Exactly. Absolutely true there, mate. Um, I guess sort of when it comes down to substance abuse, uh, anybody that is dealing with any mental health problems, you know, there is a massive spike in numbers of, of people who are going to end up using a substance as opposed to people who aren't experiencing sort of major mental health issues at the same time. Um, and I guess, you know, a good point is that, you know, us men just not being able to sort of talk about a lot of stuff, you know, I, I think that's why substance abuse is certainly like a big thing topic that needs to be discussed hence why we're talking about it today um but yeah just it needs a lot more coverage because it it's there we, we can all see it but nobody seems to want to speak up in regards to it so hopefully just today's quick chat in regards to everything will you know again even if it's only helping one listener out there or just helping somebody start that conversation with the people that care about them that's that's what we want you know and as we always tell you guys eventually we'll we'll get around to to properly setting it up. But if you feel you can't talk to anybody else and you want somebody who's impartial to your life, let us know. We'll be the impartial person behind what, or we'll help you set up that conversation that you need to have. We'll we'll be that party that will help you set up and get everything set up. If, if that's the case, if that's the avenue you so, so choose to seek, 
then let us know and we'll make sure we get you there. Yeah, absolutely. So whether that's giving you phone numbers, um, you know, linking you into websites or just, you know, having a quick chat to ourselves. Again, we're not qualified medical practitioners. We are not medical professionals. We are two dads who have just dealt with a lot of crap um, uh, and we're just <laughs> looking to try and help promote a change. That's That's all we are. All right, so the first substance essentially that we will start with is alcohol, which is probably one of the most commonly used uh, substances as far as end up getting abused between yes. adults, especially more so in men than women, because men themselves are, uh, I think, twice as likely to go ahead and drink than women are. Yes, yeah, very similar start to here in Australia. Yeah, so um, for us, and, and this is just, just some numbers and essentially you guys can go ahead and find all the same information over at samhsa.gov so as far <clears throat> excuse me as far as from 2019 to 2020 uh as far as drinking alcohol we went we did go down in adults 18 and older we did go down by 0.4 percent granted 85.2 percent of adults 18 and older are drinking essentially just using alcohol or abusing alcohol. And there's a lot more stats behind it as far as between the 18 to 25 crowd, the 26 and older crowd, binge drinking and even heavy drinking themselves. And binge drinking, just to kind of elaborate more so on it, is basically pushing yourself past the 0 0.08 limit within a two-hour period or consuming large quantities of alcohol within a two-hour window. Yeah. So look, yeah, just as a, a quick tidbit of info. So here in Australia, you're looking at 0 0.05 is sort of a, the legal limit here. Um, and just to sort of touch on the binge drinking thing, um, you know, as I was saying just off air before, uh, when it comes down to binge drinking, it's sort of seen as a an achievement here in Australia, which is kind of a, a sad thing is, you know, most males generally will go out and drink heavily just because that's sort of deemed normal by society, which, again, you know, certainly not. No, and, and so actually, so just a little history, essentially, on myself. So I'm 39 currently. I want to say it was around, around 28, 29. I had realized I was becoming angry. I was becoming... Uh, I guess unstable yeah. really is essentially the best word to use, uh, at least the one I could think of at this point, uh, when I was drinking. And the more I had consumed, the angry I was becoming. And I, I, I started to realize this because it was something super simple. Uh, my wife, granted, we weren't married at the time, so we were dating. And we were at a just a little house party gathering. And there was somebody there at that point who I guess safe to say who was also attracted to my wife or my girlfriend at the time and yeah. we're drinking and he's just being a little too friendly and I can feel anger. I can feel rage building up. Yeah. And it got yeah, to that yeah. point where I had to tell her, I was like, I'm done. I'm not drinking. And I think we should leave. And she respected it and she understood. And we left and it was at, at that point, it was, it was that party that was a turning point for me that I didn't give up drinking cold turkey, but it was essentially a one and done. And yeah, just it was that to be defining polite, moment, wasn't yeah, it? It was a definite defining moment for me because I, I felt it and I saw it and I saw where I was going. And I do have family that has had alcohol problems. Where they yeah, did and look, you know, have, that's, you know, yeah. dependency behind it almost. Yeah, and it's almost it's almost an okay thing because it's it's legal, right? Because again, you know, certainly with my own family, um, depending on which side you want to look at, there's there's always been something underlying there. Certainly when it comes to alcohol too, um, and again, it just seems like everybody's okay with that because you can just go down to the shop and buy that. You know, certainly here it's very easily accessible. Day, yeah. 
exactly. Um, yeah. So again, this is why we brought up alcohol as the first one because I think this is going to be one that really a lot of people are going to be able to relate to, whether it's within themselves or within you know friends and family too. So mm-hmm. it's it's true because it's it's really easy, and unfortunately, uh, young men have a tendency to buy younger men drinks. You know, it's like, yes. yeah, I'm 21, yeah. 22. I'm hanging out with my little brother or my, you know, younger classmates that I went to school with or cousins. And yeah, I'm going to be that cool guy. I'm going to go ahead and buy a keg and bring a keg to a party of full of 16 year olds who barely know yeah. how to drive as is. And now they're intoxicated <laughs> and then driving. Yeah, no, exactly. So look, I mean, certainly, yeah, here in Australia, you're looking at uh, 18 you sort of when you can start buying alcohol and stuff like that. But yeah, I certainly remember my a cousin of mine who I was certainly very close with. Um, he would always end up buying me stuff. Um, and you just sort of look back now and you're like, oh, not the smartest move. But again, <laughs> as you said before, like you, you, you want to be seen as cool, you know, either you're the one buying it or you're the one that's sort of supplying it to your friends. So you are the cool one. So, mm-hmm. And of course, unfortunately, due to peer pressure at such younger ages, you don't ever want to seem left out, and especially with close loved ones. So those close friends or those older siblings or cousins, you don't want to seem like the one that's not going to do it because, you know, they may view you essentially then, oh, well, you're going to rat us out. You're going to say something if you're not doing this with us. And that's that's exactly. a, another basically, you know, health issue and another standard that they drop on your shoulders that this is how it's supposed to be and this is what you should do. And yep. you as well as they should know, it's okay to go ahead and say no to it. You know, you don't have to, just because it's there doesn't mean you have to partake. No, no, and that's it. And I think that's, yeah, certainly a, a skill that we all, not lack, but it's certainly we need to work on throughout our lives too, is that, again, it is totally okay to say no to stuff. And it is. Yeah, you know, it's certainly a lot of friends I've come across, they've, yeah, they've definitely had that issue of just not being able to say no. And that's, again, that's what leads to substance abuse is not sort of keeping yourself in check. And and as far as, as segueing into that, just keeping yourself in check. So for myself, fast forward to last year, this is now, we're in full mode of pandemic. Most yeah. of us, if we had the, the opportunity to essentially become remote workers and work from home, which I was one of the, you know, few people essentially that maintained my job the entire time yeah um it it became to the point where i realized i now at least now that i'm looking at the information i was becoming a binge drinker and i was having drinks daily and i was having drinks especially when i got off work and it was a long day of work i would have two drinks three drinks four drinks and this is consuming them back to back so i'm having all of these drinks in an hour time span or probably much less, but we'll just yeah. go with an hour. And, <laughs> okay. and this was a daily thing. And then it got to the point where it's just, I wanted another drink and, and I wanted to have a drink the next day. And there's yeah. no such thing as a day of the week where it's not a good day to drink. And yeah. basically it's like, well, it's after 12. So in my mind, that's safe to drink. That's lunchtime. You yeah. have a drink with lunch. Totally. Okay. Yes. So it, yeah, it, it, it became somewhat of a problem. And I noticed it was slowly becoming a problem. And I, I had I had to stop. My wife did mention it and she just mm-hmm. kind of brought something up, but I realized it's like, no, this is this is not good. And I had to stop. And it it's, just it wasn't it wasn't becoming a healthy habit. Yeah, no, there's definitely something a lot more powerful, not to discount, you know, your wife or certainly anybody else trying to make a comment, but it's definitely a lot more powerful when you have that self-realization of, oh shit, like, this isn't what I want to be doing, you know, this isn't okay, and stuff like that, and I think that's, again, that's that first realization of, hang on, something's wrong, Um, this, uh, yeah, I need some help. No, it, it is good. Now, overall, a positive statistic to look at is binge drinking is actually down year over year, at least from 2019 to 2020, is down 1.8% to where it 
basically it's 24% of 18 and older adults in the United States yeah. that are consuming alcohol at a binge drinking level. So it's yeah. it's good to see that it's gone down almost drastically, if you will. Yeah, no, absolutely. So look, I know everything that I was looking into sort of when it comes down to Australia and stuff, um, certainly the, the big thing that kept jumping out was it, you're looking at, it's just under one in six Australians. And so these are a 14-year-old plus, which is always a very scary statistic when you w- want to look into it, um, are drinking at you know dangerous levels. Um, and that's, that's, again, that's a really scary statistic. You know, one in six people is heavily drinking, you know, essentially would be looked to the point of binge drinking. And again, you know, Australia has a really bad problem with binge drinking. Um, over here, again, still seen as a like, rite of passage, I guess is a, a poor way to put it, but a lot of people are probably going to see it as that too. Um, and certainly, you know, going into town or, or something like that and just getting on the getting on the beers um and that's why there is a massive you know violence problem when it comes down to a lot of these central like or, or city districts and stuff like that like to the point where there's a lot of lockouts um and stuff like that like the police have had to be heavily involved in it um i know here in adelaide you know highly streets <laughs> highly synonymous for you know there's fights every weekend it's always a Friday, Saturday, even a Sunday night uh, as well too. Um, and it's again, just because a lot of these people are just going out and consuming way too much alcohol. But again, you know, it's okay to have some, but you know, once you start losing control of yourself, that is definitely a big issue. Um, and it's not just your issue at that point. It becomes sort of a community issue too. Yeah. It, it, there has to be, <clears throat> excuse me, there has to be limits as to, if they see it, it's it's not just you. It's the bartenders who allow it and, and yeah, don't always seem to know when is more so of a safe point to cut somebody off. It's yeah. it's it's even the store clerks. If you notice that these people are coming in and it's a frequent thing and they're coming in every day or sometimes twice a day, it, yeah. it's it can't hurt. It definitely can never hurt to go ahead and just say, hey. You know, unless you're buying for a restaurant, if you're doing this for yourself, you maybe there's a problem and, and maybe there's other avenues that I can help you look into. Because yeah. not for nothing, it's at least at least you've put it out there. You put the idea into that person's head and hopefully yeah. he'll see, well, maybe I do have a problem. And, and then hopefully it, it will enact the self-realization. So and it, it's a brave step from a total stranger, but that that one question that one act essentially could go ahead and help save him down the line or save a loved yeah. one down the line well, that so may look, be one point to you yeah so look here in australia we've got what they call an rsa which is a responsible service of alcohol um so it's a course that you actually need to pass before you can start working in like a, a bottle shop like a drive-through bottle shop um even working in a pub or a restaurant and stuff like that and um it's certainly stuff that you have to cover off. Like you have to have this ticked off during your course, you know, to know, to look for the signs. But, you know, whether they're blindly turning an eye to it or, you know, somebody's, everybody's buying rounds for somebody else. Like it's definitely an issue that it, it quickly spirals at the same time. You know, I, I know certainly when I was younger, but again, I was definitely binge drinking and stuff like that um, and it getting... A bit wild, <laughs> uh, whether it's at, <laughs> yeah. you know in, in town or certainly in like house parties and, and stuff like that too. Um, but again, yeah, it's it's such a common substance, but at the same time, it seems a lot of people are okay with you know the binge drinking and stuff like that. Which again, it's not like it's not just impacting you um, or those around you. Like it's sort of a, a greater community thing at the same time too. So. Again, just having that self-realization of, you know, something is going wrong. Well, not going wrong, but, you know, something's not right with me. Like, this shouldn't be impacting me as much as it is type thing. Um, yeah, hopefully we can yeah, just get somebody to maybe recognize a sign within themselves um, and just to try and reach out or start seeking some help and just to to get them on their way. True. And it's not just the binge drinking or drinking in general, but there's also just 
the heavy consumption of alcohol overall, which is actually a worse problem than essentially the binge drinking, at least here yeah. stateside. Heavy alcohol consumption has actually gone up more so than binge drinking. The binge drinking, which is great that it's gone down, but people are having more drinks more frequently throughout a 5, 10, 15, 30-day period. And so essentially, just like this is still statistics that you guys can all go and find. Um, For the 18 and over crowd, 7% of the 18 and over adults are drinking, which is up 0.7% from 2019 to 2020. So it's wow. it, it, even if you break it down, just the 18 to 25 crowd, it's up 0.2%, which is 8.6% of those. That group is a heavy alcohol consumer. And yeah. the 26 and over crowd, it's 6.7, which is up 0.7%. So it, it's yeah. that's a lot of alcohol people are consuming in, in short periods of time. Some of it's coping mechanisms. Some of it is trying to drown out something else. And some of it they just view as as a social good time. Yep, that's it. But you know, too much of a good thing. Yeah, <laughs> it's just a, it's a very slippery slope, isn't it? No, it really is. I mean, water can kill you. Too much water. So imagine what alcohol can do. Yeah, my <laughs> very valid point there, mate. Absolutely. <laughs> Alrighty, so next up, we're going to be talking about drugs. So obviously, there's two very different markets when it comes down to this. You've got your prescription, and then certainly your illegal or your illicit drugs too. Um, but certainly, I think we're going to kick off with prescription drugs. And uh, so we're just talking off air in regards to this. Um, and you know, we both certainly come to the agreement that uh, prescription drugs really—it's an epidemic that's not really discussed all that much, is it? No, no, and and it it almost seems like more like it's some kind of new realization all of a sudden that, you know, opioids have damaged society. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's, you know, everybody knows of somebody or has done themselves, you know, they've had a problem with them at some point or, you know, still have an ongoing one. Um, And I guess that's probably why, you know, it's it's a big thing that we need to discuss because I know I've certainly got my own experience, which I'm, you know, I'm just about to talk about now. Um, So... I was dealing with a lot of uh, medical pains and stuff like that um, for for a long time, and I just was not getting any diagnoses and stuff like that. And so, just stepping up through your, your standard painkillers, um, I was onto Panadine Fort. Um, there was uh, stepped up onto Endone for a while there too, um, and it got to the point where I actually ended up on morphine patches. Now. Uh, you know, I guess hindsight now, I'm just like, that's just really scary that it, it managed to escalate to that point. But the more I think back now, I don't know if the pain warranted that sort of coverage at the same time too, you know? Um, yeah, sorry about that. I'm just sort of thinking about it and sort of, you know, start stirring some pretty deep stuff. Um, but yeah, like it's, I remember it was like a month or so, um, where I was on morphine patches. Um, and this is definitely like deep, dark down the hole. I'm like, I, I, I don't think I needed it for the pain. I think I just needed it because it Help felt cope. like an, it's, yeah, the only way to cope. The I needed it to live type thing. You know, I, I didn't know any better. I did, but, you know, I didn't know any better at that time just to sort of recognize any signs around me and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, I'd be on these morphine patches and I remember taking, you know, Panadine Forts and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, you'd end up crushing up these Panadine Forts, smash them down with an energy drink. Like, <laughs> thinking back now, I'm just like, that's crazy. Like, I was already on extreme levels of pain medication. So these patches, I remember distinctly my GP telling me that these patches were only usually used for cancer patients terminal cancer patients um you, you know, were helping to again, be with just day-to-day pain you were to that point yeah yeah i think i was and, and i think there, therein lies the problem like now i'm like it's clearly this is this is substance abuse 101 i guess um because i i felt like i needed it i don't again now this is me talking now as opposed to like the, the much younger me when i was, was doing it um i 
it wasn't necessary. But again, you know, when you're deep in a hole, um, and you know, whether it's the the mental health or just trying to, you know, thinking that it's going to help with life and stuff like that. Um, yeah, like it's, it's just crazy to think back now. And that's what I was doing at that point in time. Um, but yeah, I, I lost weeks, you know, it was only for a month, a month or so, but that was enough. Like I was driving, which should not have been happening. Um, I'm kind of, yeah, thinking back, you're like, that's not even just about putting myself at risk. Like I was putting so many people in danger when I was driving to work, like I was a 45 minute drive there and then 45 minutes back. Like that's, that's a special kind of stupid, that's for sure. But I think I, it got to the point at the end of the, the month or so where I, I don't know if it was a defining moment, but something sort of clicked and I'm like, this isn't right. Like, I don't think this is necessary. So, you know, you get sort of, emboldened I guess you'd be like right that's it you know I'm gonna make a change and then just fell straight back into pills like it's prescription drugs are a hard um, carousel to get off of like it, it genuinely is because it is know, I mean, as we'll say they we're, we're saying just off line yeah offline just before um you know the doctor's giving it to me it's surely it's okay yeah, and it must be fine if it's being prescribed. It must be healthy for me, and it can't be that bad. And unfortunately, once your brain has essentially gotten rewired to the use of opioids, they give you that sense of calm, that sense of pleasure that your brain seeks. And then you stop. Yeah. You either you try to stop yourself, and you end up with that withdrawal symptom. And then you have the craving symptom, which then puts you right back onto it. And yeah. it's it's that horrible little cycle where it's like i'm on it i need to stop i stop i'm withdrawing i withdraw i want more and then right back on it again no that's yeah that that's absolutely it too um and you know when people do have issues like that like i have so much sympathy because i know you know personal experience like i think overall obviously that that month and a bit on morphine patches was only like a blip in the ocean compared to it was probably like two years on painkillers and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, like it, it's hard to break that cycle as you're talking about, you know, when opioids start impacting on your brain and, and stuff like that, it's, it becomes second nature, I guess. Hence why it makes it so hard to actually make that stop and to take those steps to slow down on it at the same time too. But at least you were able to go ahead and, and, break away from it which is really the most important thing yeah look you know i <laughs> i think it was again just one of those things of just starting to recognize stuff you're like this isn't right you know, this i shouldn't be like this i should be able to do this and not feel you know sick or anything like that um and you know there's a whole lot of health implications as well like just constant nausea even when i was on the stuff but you know as soon as you stop, it's 10 times worse. Um, yeah, like it's it's a hard thing to beat. But, you know, it's... And again, I, I guess the reason why I'm talking about this because I certainly recognise within, you know, my local community that it's an epidemic that is not discussed and it's definitely something that, you know, a lot of blokes just sweep under the rug type thing. You know, oh, it's okay if I'm just taking it from the back or something like that. Yeah, man, but you're taking, you know half a pack in a day that's that's not normal no if you're taking more than essentially what it you should be taking that's just not normal no exactly but yeah so that's yeah, sort of one part of my experience when it comes down to drugs so i guess the the next one the next side of it comes down to your illicit or illegal drugs um, so I know I've got just a sort of a couple of stats here from sort of back in 2019 here in Australia, like, so cannabis use is always going to be the, the big one here in Australia. I'm sure it's probably similar to that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, certainly cocaine was second highest and then ecstasy was sort of the third highest, uh, within all of our community here. Um, and again, look, you know, <laughs> have my own experience, certainly when it comes down to smoking cannabis or, or certainly weed as well. Um, you know, it got to the point 
where I was smoking numerous times a day just because it felt like, you know, I I had to. You know, I, I recognize now that it was sort of escaping and coping at the same time. Like there was a lot of stuff going on in my life, you know, not so not necessarily good stuff as well. Um, but, you know, w- when you've got kids, you know, this was when, yeah, when my kids were around. Like this is something that I was doing. Like I wasn't mentally there. It's, yeah, like it, it's hard to sort of think back now and just be like, you know, I was each day, every day. I was always smoking and I'm like this is not trying to disregard anybody you know out there that is sort of using it sort of as a coping mechanism but you also need to recognize it it's a very slippery slope of turning into substance abuse um, and then potentially you know if it keeps on going like dependence and I think I probably hit that point where I was dependent on it um, but yeah we're talking more about sort of the 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 lower abuse side of it which you know is still quite a very serious topic too um uh yeah so there was that like dealing with my kids and i'm like i just i wasn't there you know i I, i'm looking back now and i'm just i was wasting a lot of time um just sort of doing nothing just just trying to cope um but you know on the flip side as well i guess i sort of can recognize now that there was you know you trauma from a child childhood that um sort of made itself apparent towards the end of last year too um that I was also sort of running away from so I guess that sort of answers a lot of stuff in regards to maybe why I've always had a dependence on you know I had that dependence on prescription drugs and then certainly marijuana was something that's been up and down sort of for for a long time too Um, and then certainly small bouts of um, you know, alcohol abuse at the same time. Um, but, you know, certainly when it comes down to trauma and stuff, that's a topic that we'll cover another day. Um, but I just sort of wanted to touch on it here um, as opposed to, you know, another reason as to why somebody might end up using something too. Um, but, yeah, so certainly, again, I'm, I'm not against anybody taking drugs as long as it's not around your kids. Like, make sure if you are going to do anything, do it well away from them. Make sure you're in a safe space. Like, you know, a lot of people probably people. won't agree with that. Yeah, exactly. With safe people. A lot of people won't agree with that. Um, and that's, you know, that's fine. Um, but again, I'm not, yeah, certainly not against it at the same time, but as long as it's within the right setting, ultimately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, with, with weed in itself, albeit it's, it's legal most in most states here, either for prescription or even for recreational use. And yep. we're not we're not trying to state that there is no great health benefits behind it, and there's not good use for it. I mean, there's also good use for Tylenol, but people still OD on Tylenol, and yes, people still take yeah. too much of it. And yeah, even there is such thing as as smoking a little too much marijuana. It it can go ahead and essentially completely go ahead, and it's no different than driving as a DUI. You can drive while intoxicated on marijuana and it has the same effect where it does alter your perception of reality it does alter your reaction times or everything else and it doesn't allow you to essentially to always think straight at least once you've gone to the point where you're past what you should be smoking for or what you should be taking the prescribed dosages for yeah and and yeah i mean here here in the states um 52.9% 52.9% of adults essentially do drug use. And our biggest ones are marijuana at 49%, which actually went down year over year. Uh, cocaine, which was at 15.5%, that went down. Crack, unfortunately, has stayed the same, and that's rounding off the top three at 3.7%. Yeah. Heroin actually went up. So they were at 2.5% and they actually went up basically 2% from the year prior. And then our last, wow. our last major one that we, we seem to abuse here is meth. So, and, it, and it's, it's, it's rough because the, the younger adults, the 18 to 25 crowd, they don't do it as much. It actually went down almost a full half percent. But right. the 
older people are 26 and older adults. Once you're, I guess you, your brain has more essentially fully developed by that point and you're able to really make those full-blown decisions and you're deciding to go ahead and just let's do just it. do all yeah. of this. And, yeah. and they went up 0.6% from 2019 to 2020. So it's just, there's more drug use, more alcohol use. And, and we understand that last year was a very rough year. It was rough for yeah. literally well, I mean, everybody. You know, even, even this year itself, right? Like it's, you know, it's just sort of been a continuation of 2020 in a lot of oh, yeah. respects too. So. Dumpster fire 2.0. Yeah, damn straight it is. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> but it, it's, there's a lot of downs in life and sometimes you do get beat up quite a bit in life, but you should never allow yourself to go ahead and, and have to find a way to disappear. No, yeah, look, certainly turning to this sort of stuff, you know, it's not something that you should think of lightly either. Like, it's it's a very slippery slope on substance abuse, that's for sure. Especially, you know, with ourselves, you know, with having kids and stuff like that. Like, that's, again, you're looking out for more than just yourself. You have other people that you actually need to take into consideration. Each and every one of your actions is going to impact on them at, at some point in their life too. So, Yeah. And actually the same thing as we had discussed with friends. And just if you see them abusing this, if you see them, you know, going a little too far with smoking and it, it essentially starts to eat up not only their time, but essentially their money that they need for providing for the family, providing for their own household, essentially just even keeping a roof over their head and they're starting to blow money on yep. on not just prescription weed, but on other things like the harder drugs. The, yeah. You have to say something. You have to step up. And it's not gonna yeah, it's never see. going to be an easy conversation. And it definitely will be a pretty conversation, but <laughs> it's a conversation that is needed. Yeah, absolutely. Um and it, you know, they might not recognize it at that point. Um but they probably will appreciate it later down the track too if you actually have that you know you, you're proving that you care and i think certainly with men you know that's probably the big thing with ourselves you know you just assume that nobody cares but if you've got mates watching out for you um, and certainly pulling stuff like that into line you know it's kind of hard to ignore the fact that you know they are on your side i mean at this point i'll, I'll safely say it i care i don't know you but i care don't Absolutely. waste your life on that. No, same here. Look again, you know, yep, life gets tough, but you know, you also need to be able to find a, a alternative outlets to be able to get through it too. Um, so again, you know, both myself and Ricardo are definitely open to having a, a brief conversation and then pointing you or any listener in the right direction in regards to just trying to seek some treatment or even just speaking to a professional too. <laughs> Alrighty, so it looks like we've come to the end of our episode for today. Obviously, we've covered a little bit when it comes down to substance abuse. Um, you know, we've certainly covered what it is, signs to look out for within yourself um, and certainly within your mates too. Yeah, and overall, we want to make sure that we've left you with at least, may not be the most clearest of pictures, but at least a better understanding of substance abuse and how it affects even just you know daniel and myself with the experiences that we've gone through and just men in general just from statistics that you've heard and, and things that you've seen throughout your own life and hopefully it'll kind of give you a better perspective as to what you can do to help yourself and then essentially make sure you are helping others yeah absolutely and uh, again, you know, we, we're not medical professionals. We're just two dads on the opposite side of the globe. I'm just trying to help open up this conversation, certainly with men in regards to, you know, substance abuse um, and, you know, even the mental health issues that it does bring along with it too. Um, so our emails are always going to be open um, through this. So you can certainly hit us up directly through the anchor link that we'll put down below. Um, and yeah, so look, so certainly here in Australia, um, there's one contact line. Um, I have certainly contacted uh, when times were tough. So here in Australia, if you are suffering or just want to contact or speak with somebody, 
So men's line is definitely going to be the best way to go. Um, so the number for that one you're looking at is one three hundred seven eight nine nine seven eight. What about for yourselves over there in the US, Ricardo? So stateside, uh, we do have, it's actually, I do believe it's a, a government-funded program, but it's uh, Substance and Mental Health Services Administration. The website you can go to is samhsa.gov. And the helpline, which is a 24-7, 365 line that it's holidays and all, it's always open. It's 1-800-662-4357. Or six six two help. So, mm -hmm. if if you can't reach anybody, like we always like we've said already in the past, you want that third party, that impartial judge to go ahead and talk to, reach out to them. Whether it be in the United States, whether it be in Australia, if you're just looking for a friend, if it's just us and we can help, please reach out. Again, as Ricardo said at the start of the episode, you are definitely not alone. There, you know. It's again, this is why we're opening up this conversation in regards to everything around men's mental health um, and, you know, dad related stuff too, is that we do certainly look into ourselves and be like, well, nobody else is going through that. You'll be surprised at exactly how much everybody else is going through the same thing. Might not be exactly the same situation, but there's always the same underlying topics. Yeah, there's very much a chance that your immediate neighbor whether you live in an apartment complex, in a house, and whatever the housing you have, your immediate neighbor essentially could be going through almost the exact same issue that you're going through. And it's never best to suffer in silence. And it's a difficult topic to always bring up, no matter what the topic is, but um, men's mental health is something that should never be overlooked. And especially when no. it starts leading down towards the substance abuse slide. Yeah, absolutely. And again, exactly why we're having this conversation. So we've had plenty of conversations offline in regards to a lot of stuff about life. Um, and again, it's definitely something that we, we've both recognized is seriously lacking, is just very open conversations from men in regards to everything that is affecting us. So hopefully, you know, again, the outcome of this podcast is hopefully to just have, even if it's just one person, open up and just start a dialogue to get themselves sorted. Like, you know what? Mission accomplished. Yeah. Whatever we can do to help, we will help you guys. Just let us know. Exactly. All right. So with that, thank you very much for listening into our second ever episode of Dad's Dealing With. I'm Daniel. I'm Ricardo. And we'll catch you later. Take it easy, guys. Oh, 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 oh,